Amen. Turn your Bibles to uh, John chapter 17. John 17. We have a funeral at the church today at 2 o'clock. Melvin, it's um, Donna Phillips' son, um, has passed away this last week, so we'll be doing his funeral. So the second group that came and prayed for me, that's what they were praying for. Um, And you, you just pray for this family. They're going through a very difficult time. Amen. John chapter 17, we're going to cover the first five verses. And I titled this, Does My Life Glorify Christ? Jesus spoke these words, lifted his eyes to heaven and said, Father, that the hour has come, glorify your Son, that your Son may also glorify you, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Amen. We're going to pray. And as we pray, we're going to remember Dale and Africa and that team. And we're going to remember... Um, Sophie and Don Ridgeway all need a touch of God, and I'm sure there's many, many more. So let's pray. Father God, we just come before you today, thankful, Lord, that at any time, day or night, we can lift our voice, and Lord, you hear us. I'm thankful, Lord, that I serve a God that never sleeps, never slumbers, always is attentive to our prayer. And so, Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you have given us the opportunity to come together to learn of you, to allow the Spirit of God corporately to move in our hearts. Father, we pray for Sophie, Lord, right now, Lord, that you would touch her little body. Lord, bring healing. Father, we pray for Dale as he's in Africa with the team. God, that they would be highly effective ministers of the grace of God. Use every word they say, every bit of energy. Lord, everything that they have to offer, Father, put your anointing upon it to to bear much fruit in Africa. God, we pray for Don Ridgeway, Lord. Father, he needs a touch of God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that without limit, Lord, your hand would be applied to his life and the divine power of God would touch him, bring healing to his body. Father, we rest in knowing you. Father, I pray right now, Lord, that you would touch each one of us as we come, Lord, as we begin to bring the word of the Lord Father, I pray that I would only be a conduit of what God wants to say today. So let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. For you are my rock and my redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Chapter 17 of the book of John is called the Lord's Prayer. Now often people will call the Lord's Prayer Matthew 6 where he says, Our Father which art in heaven. That's really not the Lord's Prayer. That was a model prayer that that Jesus gave when the disciples came to him and said, Would you teach us in it it something? When they walked with Jesus, the thing that they asked is teach us to pray. Because you pray different than anybody we've ever seen, right? It's not a religious prayer. It's a prayer from the heart right to the throne. He said, Can you teach us how to do that? And he said, Sure, I will. It goes like this, our Father which art. So he is giving them principles in Matthew chapter 6. John chapter 17, this is Jesus praying for his apostles. 
And later in the chapter, He actually prays for you. Did you know Jesus prayed for you? For those who would come, He says. Uh, it's divided up in this chapter. It's divided up verses 1 through 5. And it's that Jesus might be glorified or may be glorified. In 6 through 19, it's the, that the apostles may be sanctified. And 20 through 26, that the church might be unified. Isn't it funny that of all things that Jesus could have asked God to do for us, He asked for unity. What's the one thing that the devil has done to the church? Divided. Amen. Divided them. The thing, you, you see what he's, he came against the word of Jesus. Jesus said, let them know unity and Satan started just immediately at dividing people. You know, I looked up one time, how many religions are there in the world? You will be amazed. It said there's over 42,000 religions in the world. You think Satan's done a pretty good job at trying to divide us? That the, that the, we may be one. We'll preach that in a couple of weeks. Amen. Um, Jesus prayed and we should also. I have never met anybody that is satisfied with their prayer life. If you ask people, how's your prayer life? And every, the standard answer is I could do better, right? I, I could definitely improve in this area of my life. And so Satan oftentimes will beat us over the head about our prayer life. Folks, condemnation is not of the Holy Ghost. So don't fall in condemnation, but if you need to improve, let's improve. See, what we need to do is highly value prayer. Thank you for your enthusiasm on that. <laughs> See, you'll, uh, you ever heard anybody says, well, I just don't have time for that. Right? I don't have time for that. You have time for what you want. If it's a priority to you, you make time for it. And so if prayer is a priority, you will make time. If you understood how powerful and how effective and how life-changing prayer is, you would pray. Matter of fact, you probably pray before you eat. And you better not get in front of me when there's a table of food, I promise you. I'm headed for that. I'm headed for a meal, right? Um, but here's some of the things that I think that we ought to be praying that we may know Jesus and His Word intimately and lead others to do the same. Lord, help me, Lord, to be an example and to show people, Lord, how wonderful You are. That God will protect them for evil influences. That is part of the model prayer, right? Lead us not into temptation and deliver us from the evil one. Right? That is part... You know, I found out few years ago that I was not adding that to my prayer the Lord the Holy Spirit just convicted me of that he says because when I prayed for my kids when I pray for you I was leaving that out and the Lord says that's important you know we love to say Jesus has a plan for your life right Jeremiah 29 11 God's got a plan a great plan it's a destiny for you but so does the devil the devil's got a plan for you and Lee was on it by the time he was 15. He was on that plan. Thank God for a but God. Right? Hallelujah. Who is rich in mercy and grace. 
that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Somebody reminded me today, as I am preparing for this funeral, that grace is greater than our sin. Folks, is there any greater words than that? I don't care what you have done. You know, so I had an aunt one time, she believed she blasphemed the Holy Spirit. And she just, boy, she was under so much guilt. And I said, I can tell you, you're not, you have not blasphemed the Holy Spirit. And she said, how do you know that? And I said, because it worries you. <laughs> it wouldn't worry you if you'd done that. C- can I tell you, you wouldn't be in church if you blasphemed the Holy Spirit. Because you would have no desire. He that comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Those that have blasphemed the Holy Spirit, which is the unforgivable sin, you know. Those who have done that have no use for the Lord at this point. So we need to show the world uh, and pray for the world that God will protect them from evil influences and that God will give us discernment. Number three, that, that we would possess full joy of serving Christ and the love of God. Oh, I just wish the Christians would get this. That they would enjoy the Lord. Folks, salvation is more than fire insurance. Well, thank you. (laughs) He has come to redeem us, to save us, to put us on a different trajectory, right? Changes everything about our life. We ought to have joy over that. Joyfully serve the Lord. Number four, that they would live by God's standards of purity in thought, actions, and character. You know, God cares about the way you live. Let me just talk to you about that for a second. It's not because God's a killjoy. God cares about your purity because He knows there's damnation when you don't do it His way. See, when you do things your own way, the Bible says there's a way that seems right unto man, but the end is destruction. The end is death. And that's what, that's what Lee was on. Lee was on the path of his own way, and where was it leading? It led him to jail. It led him to a lot of different terrible things, but God. Now, I'm just talking about Lee because he gave a wonderful testimony yesterday, but I could mention any one of your names. Every one of us was on this path of destruction but God. You didn't do anything. See, He come hunting and searching and seeking you before you ever thought of Him. Thank you, Lord. That's exactly right. Some people think that they just got so smart. I'm so smart. I accepted Jesus. Oh, you ain't so smart. He loved you. He loved you into the kingdom. You just said yes. So maybe that does make you smart. Because I know a lot of people that hadn't said yes yet. Enjoy the journey. And when the Lord... If the Holy Spirit tells you something to get out of your life, please listen to me. He says, Dalton, you need to quit this. Don't fight the Holy Ghost. Just do it. Just do it. Say, okay, Lord, that's going to be hard, but I'm going to try. 
I'm going to try to do what you say. If you said this is wrong, then I, I want to do it your way. Does that make sense? I want to live life with your commands, your thoughts, your action. And the fifth thing is that we may be unified in love and purpose and our faith will endure. Amen. The prayer that he prayed in these first five verses seem awfully selfish. Didn't it to you? Glorify me, God. Make me great. Now, I want you to get this. This is the most critical point in history where everything spiritually is about to change. I said this last week, remember? We are moving in history right here where he's praying for us. We're moving from law unto grace. We're moving into a different covenant with God. And it's a wonder. Read the book of Hebrews. It's all about a better covenant, right? So Jesus is praying, God glorify me. And I think we have sang that, we have said that, and many of us don't know what it means. I'm amazed at Christians. We say things all the time that we don't really know what it means. We call it Christianese, right? We speak in this Christianese, and if we don't know what it means, how's the world going to know what it means? Glorify God. Glory, we glorify you. What does that mean? It's from a Greek word, D-O-X-A-Z-O. Doxo, I guess. That's the way I'm going to say it. It means to make him known, to make him known. Not you. To make, come on. We sang this this morning, glorify your name. I give glory to your name. Now part of this word does mean to exalt the Lord. But the truth of it means to leave a favorable impression of God. Does your life do that? Do you leave, when people know you, when they get to know you, do they say, I wish I had what he has? Because that's what we need to leave them. Leave them thirsty. Leave them hungry for for the relationship with Jesus. Of all things that I'm going to do today with that family, that's what I hope. I hope they get so thirsty for the goodness of God, for His blessing. Amen. means to bring light, bring to light. So when Jesus said, glorify me, it wasn't selfish at all. He says, glorify me so I can glorify thee, right? If you bring glory to me, and we're going to get into that just a little bit more, Because Hebrew tells us that Jesus is the express image of God. Do you know that? Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 or 4. It's about verse 3. So what does that mean? Some people will say this. God is so mystical, you just can't know Him. He's just so far above us. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than ours. Isaiah said that. I just can't know Him. Yes, you can. Because He sent His Son. So His Son is the express... You want to know who God is? Look at Jesus. That's God. 
Jesus was one that we could lay our hands on. Not you and I, but the apostles did. For three years, they got to know who Jesus was and they recorded it. So that now we can go to the book and we can see that God is not mysterious. He's wonderful. He's gracious. He's good. There's no bad side with God. He's not like you and me. He doesn't lie. He doesn't wake up in a bad mood. Can I say this? He ain't angry with you. He's not mad at you. I know the way I preach, some of you think, we're not worried about God, we're worried about you. (laughs) Well, I ain't mad at you either. I just get fired up with the word. (laughs) Jesus recognized God had given him authority over some people. You going to let me get away with that? Over all flesh. That's what he said. You've given me authority over all flesh. If we went back a chapter, verse chapter 16, verse 23, we'd find the words of Jesus that says this. He's given us the authority to use his name. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give you. That's delegated authority. God gave Jesus authority on the earth and Jesus gives it to us. He says, here's my checkbook, just sign your name. Mm -mm -mm. Christians get a hold of this, we're going to move some mountains. Because we have the authority that Jesus has given to us to use his name. Say, what does that mean? It means if I signed a piece of paper... And gave you power of attorney. I said, Darren, will you be my power of attorney? He said, give me your checkbook. I'll show you what I do. (laughs) So I signed this piece of paper from the lawyer and we have it documented. It's a legal document. All of a sudden, he has more power than I do. He can use my credit card. He can use, he uses everything that I have if it's an unlimited power of attorney. Are you getting this? That's what Jesus gave to us. He said, I want to give you power of attorney over my world. If all authority has been given to him over all flesh, and then he said, now use my name. That ought to change the way you pray. You better be praying in the name of Jesus, not in the name of Mohammed or anybody else, right? Those other guys, they don't have... John Smith, whoever they are, they don't, sorry John, not, not that John. <laughs> we got two or three John Smiths in here. <laughs> not those. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 1 verse 13 says, long ago, this is the NLT. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, He's spoken to us through His Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance. Through the Son, He created the universe. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. He sustains everything by the mighty power of His command. I love the King James. By the power of His Word, or by the Word of His power, is what King James says. Everything... When God spoke, let there be, 
it still is. Do you know the earth is still expanding? The universe is still expanding. Not the earth. The universe is still expanding. Why? Because God's word is still out there. Right? So when God speaks something over your life, it will be. You you hear what I'm saying? It is. Just take it to the bank. That's what what God says. it, It happens. When he had cleansed us from our sins... He sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. Now, where is Jesus at? He's at the right hand, which is the, the, the seat of authority. On the, when the Bible talks about the right hand, he's talking about the hand of power, the hand of authority. Jesus is sitting at God's right hand, praying for you, interceding for you. Hallelujah. I don't know. It brings me great strength to know that Jesus is praying for me. Jesus' mission was to give eternal life. I, I love this. Because then he tells us what eternal life is. It messed me up this week. I thought eternal life starts when I walk over to glory. When I breathe my last breath here and my first breath in heaven... I've entered into eternal life. Wrong. According to the definition that Jesus gave, He says that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Eternal life is not just what we get in heaven. Eternal life started the day you said yes. The day that you invited Christ into your heart, you started into eternal life. Isn't that awesome? And eternal life, he says, is that you may know Him. Oh, there's, there's different types. The Bible says that Adam knew Eve and she had a son. Well, that's a different type of know than, than what we use most of the time. I know you and I know you and I know you, but you're not having my kids. Right? So he says that when Adam knew Eve, that was a a thing of intimacy. I I believe that's this one. I believe that Jesus says, I don't want you just to know that I exist. I don't want you just to know that there's a God in heaven. I want you to know. I, I want you to know how much I love you. Know how much my grace will change your life. I want you to know when when all hell breaks out against you that you are more than a conqueror in Christ. That's knowing our God. Oh, that you would know Him. Know Him intimately. Know that He is in you and that He's more powerful than the enemy. You know, God is still slaying giants. Amen. They don't, we don't call him Goliath, but he's still slaying giants. I'm amazed at how many Christians live in defeat when God says, we can do better than this. I want you to be an overcomer. Luke chapter 19, verse 10, key, key verse for the book of Luke, says, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. First John chapter 3, 8, I'm going to read the whole thing, but I want, to, I want you to understand the last part of it. But when people keep on sinning, this is the word, it shows that they belong to the devil. 
who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. (laughs) His mission now is our mission. See, Lee, sorry Lee, I'm just going to use y'all service. Lee was ruining his life. But Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, not just in the world, but in Lee and in you. There is no addiction greater than he is. There's no sin. Oh, aren't you thankful? God's grace is bigger than our sin. Come on, can you just wrap your head around that? God's grace is bigger than your sin. You're not going to heaven because you're a good person. You're going to heaven because of the grace of God. Hallelujah. He loves you that much. And He does not want you to live in a defeated state. God wants you to be an overcomer. Why? Because when you overcome, you glorify Him. All of a sudden, as you overcome all the problems that you're facing, everybody that you work with, all your family is going to look at you and say, how'd you do that? Have you ever lost a lot of weight? I've lost 50 pounds several times in my life. (laughs) You'd think I'd weigh about 10 pounds. (laughs) And when you lose weight, you know the first question that people will ask you? How'd you do that? Why? Because they want it. Well, the same way goes with Jesus. When they see you overcoming. See, I'll guarantee you, every one of Lee's friends thought, what's up with him? How could a guy go from darkness to light like that? That's not normal. Did you hear what I just said? That ain't normal. Well, you're not normal. I'm looking at Jason Tucker now. You're not normal. (laughs) Hear me, hear me, hear me. You are not normal. Because there's a supernatural God that lives in you. Hallelujah. I know most of you and I couldn't just stop with you're not normal. (laughs) Does my life glorify God? As I thought about this this week, I thought about us. And I thought about how mankind is wonderful, wonderfully deceptive. Do you know what we do? We segment our life. We draw sections in our life. And we say, well, this part of my life glorifies God. But Lord, don't open that door. Right? You know, there was a day when Satan came going back and forth across the earth. And he came before the Lord and the Lord said, what are you doing? He said, I'm just going back and forth. I'm looking for people. And, and God said this to Satan. Have you considered my servant Job? He's good in every way except for finances. He's good in every way except for sexual morality. He likes his women. He didn't say that. 
Don't you make excuses for yourself. God wants you to be an overcomer in every area of your life. Quit sectioning it off. Well, Lord, I'm doing good here. Lord, just look at this, would you? No, no. See, that's not God's best for you. God wants His best for you. That you would be an overcomer in every area of your life. So what we do, you know, Hebrews again, chapter 4, somewhere around verse 13, he says, everything is laid open and bare before the Lord. We're naked before God. You can't hide anything. David said, when I tried to conceal my sin, my bones waxed within me. They started decaying. They started rotting. And it wasn't until he opened up and he said, God, I've sinned. Now listen to this. He committed adultery and had a man killed. You know what he said? Against you and you only have I sinned. But that throws me for a loop. And God didn't correct him. God didn't correct him. You don't sin against me, you sin against God. Quit hiding your sin. You hear me? I'm talking to myself too. Romans 8, 6. I saw this Wednesday night. He says, so letting this again out of the NLT. He says, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But when you let the Spirit control your mind, it leads to life and peace. If you're as old as I am, Sometimes you wake up in the morning and you're just wondering what's going to hurt today. <laughs> it's like you don't, you don't have to do anything. And just different parts of your body says, not, not cooperating today. You know, I don't care what you do. I ain't cooperating today with you. But I, I love this. But if we're controlled, do you hear that word? That's a big word. If you're controlled by the spirit. It leads to life. You need to quit speaking death and start speaking life because the Spirit of God is in you. And there's a second word there, life and peace. You can have peace. You can go to bed in peace. You can get up in peace. Your relationships can be peaceful. They're not always peaceful. Are they? But God's best is that you would be peaceful in every area of your life. How do you do that? By walking in the Spirit. By letting the Spirit control who you are. Speak through you. Amen. We're going to speed up just a little bit and get done. John chapter 4. Jesus meets a Samaritan woman about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. She's drawing water. And women didn't draw water in the afternoon. They drew water in the morning. But this Samaritan woman is in the afternoon, in the heat of the day, drawing water. And you've got to ask yourself, why is she there at 2 o'clock? It says about the 6th hour. Their day started at 6 a.m. About the 6th hour of the day, she's drawing water. Because she's been ostracized by the community. <laughs> you know, in the old King James it says this. Jesus had a need to go through Samaria. Jesus had a need. 
in about 1967 to be at City Temple Church one Sunday night. Are you getting this? It's the day I got saved. Jesus had a need to reveal himself to me. me, Seven-year-old boy. See, Jesus had a need. Let's say it this way. Jesus had an appointment with you. Jesus had an appointment with a Samaritan woman. She didn't know it, but he did. He said, I have a need to be in Samaria. This lady comes by herself because there ain't nobody else out there. And Jesus, being a Jew, speaks to the Samaritan woman. That's not culture. That's, that's not good. Not in their day. She said, what are you doing talking to me? And he said, can you draw me some water and give me a drink? And they go on this conversation. And she says, why did you come to a well with nothing to drink? With nothing to gather water with? Because I'm wait, waiting on you. <laughs> You're going to get me a drink. And if you knew who you were talking to, you'd ask him for living water and he'd give it to you. This woman was messed up. Jesus got to talking to her. He said, why don't you go get your husband where we can talk to the entire family? She said, I don't have a husband. He said, well, you answered truthfully on that. You've had five and the person you're living with is not your husband. She said, let's change the subject, can we? Which mountain are we going to worship on? <laughs> You're getting too close to my business, whoever you are. He keeps needling. Keeps needling. Why? Because he loved her. When Jesus needles you, you know what I mean? When he says, you've got to get this one out of your life. Come on. He did not leave that woman the way she was. Do you know what? You know the end of the story there? She goes into town. She says, you guys have got to meet this guy. This lady who no one would talk to. Goes into town says, you got to meet this man. I don't know who he is or what he is, but he's told me my whole life. She brings her whole village to Jesus Christ. Why? Because he had an appointment with one woman. She glorified God. She said, I want you to know Him. That's our calling. Our calling is not to set your tail on the seat. Our calling is out here. We come in here to get filled up so when we go out there, we minister in the overflow. I'm so sick of the church getting fat on the Word of God and never sharing it. Is your life, are you making known who he is in a favorable? Do you know how many times the world uses GD? They're damning God. And if they're going to damn him, we ought to lift him up. We See, I don't think they would damn him if they knew who he was. If, if we show them the truth of who He is, they'd probably quit damning Him and start worshiping Him. That's, glorif- that's glorifying Him. When we let the world know how wonderful He is and not this stinking religion thing we got going on. God has never called you to be religious.
God's called you into relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Why? Because He wants to change your life. He wants to glorify you so that you'll glorify Him so that others will know. He said, God, Jesus says, I have glorified you by completing my assignment. I'm fixing to go to the cross. And one of the last things I'll say, probably the last thing that I'll say on the cross is, it is finished. My assignment is done. See, when your assignment is done, you'll go to heaven. Now, we're not getting up a train ticket or nothing like that. Don't be worried. We're not going to pass out Kool-Aid today. I was going to take communion, but that wouldn't have been a good statement. I said, okay, now let's take this together. <laughs> Some of you so young, you said, pass out Kool-Aid? What are you talking about? In 2 Corinthians 5.18, he says, All this is a gift from God who brought us back to Himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to Him. Verse 20 says, so we are Christ ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ and we plead, come back to God. God's given you an assignment. It's to be his ambassador. It's more than church attendance. I'm thankful. Someone asked me yesterday, how big is this church going to get? And I said, for me, it's big enough. But when you realize every person represents a soul, we'll never be big enough. We'll never be big enough. Because we ain't going to close the door to any soul that was looking for Christ. That we can share the good news. That we can glorify God. Make Him known. See, the people in Paris, Tennessee, they think they know God, and really what they know is religion. And I'm not speaking bad against them. That's pretty much worldwide in America. We know religion, but we don't really know who Jesus is. Where's our problem? It's you and me. We've not done a good job of glorifying, making the world know how wonderful He is. I don't know, but if I started writing checks today and I started just laying them on the table, there's thousand dollars checks to anybody who wants it. I bet you wouldn't be so shy then. <laughs> I'm going to write ten of them. First ten people, it's yours if you come pick it up. Buddy, you realize that's what he's done for us? He's given his best. It's so much better than a thousand dollars. $1,000 just ain't a lot of money anymore, is it? No. Hell, you can buy a cup of coffee and a hamburger at McDonald's. <laughs> First Thessalonians, I'm trying to tell you a little bit about what the will of the Lord is. First Thessalonians, then I'm ending. Brothers and sisters, we urge you um, to warn those who are lazy, spiritually lazy. Encourage those who are timid. Take care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. Always be joyful. Never stop praising. Be thankful in all circumstances, 
For this is God's will for you who belong in Christ Jesus. And then there's one other line. Don't quench the Spirit. You want to know what God's will for you is? He spells it out in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. This is God's will for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You're Christ's ambassadors. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We are to... This is conduct and character. We are to show the world that Daddy God is wonderful. That we have the ability to say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I think we're good. Stand with me. I really got convicted over this this week. I I don't know if this has convicted you. I don't know if you've asked yourself some serious questions, but I, I hope that you have. And there's one question that's just just like a light going off in me. Does my life glorify Him? When people get to know me, do they say, I love your relationship with Jesus. I'd like to have some more of that. I'd like to know that. See, we are to make people thirsty for Him. It's not condemnation, but I bet a bunch of you feel the Spirit of God saying, you could do better. You feel that? Can you just raise your hand? You feel that in your heart? You could do better. I'm going to lift both hands. I can do better. See, if you're not raising your hand, you're telling me you're perfect. I'm perfect in every way. It's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. (laughs) So what do we do? You humbly come before the Lord. You ask Him to forgive you. You know what? God, I've been living life to please Eric in a lot of ways. I want to open up all of my heart to you. I don't want you just to be God over this part of my life. I want you to be God over all of my life. And I want to show the world how wonderful you are so that they would be as hungry for you as I am. More. I'm going to pray. I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to maybe show you ways that we can do a better job. If you're not born again, that's the first step. You must be born again. It's what Jesus told Nicodemus. You must be born again. How do you do that? Just ask Jesus to forgive your sins. Ask Him to come into your heart. And then say something like this. I'll follow you. When you speak to my heart, the answer is going to be yes. Is it going to make you perfect? No. We're not going to see perfection until we get to the other side. Sad fact. Can we do better than what we're doing? Yeah, we can. Do we need to? Yeah, we need to. I'm going to pray, but will you pray with me? Jesus, I come before you today, and Lord, I've delivered the words that I feel like you have given me. Lord, it was your prayer that you prayed to God to glorify you so that in turn you could glorify him. 
you could make him known to be truthfully who he really is a good God Lord our world is so messed up Lord most people think that you're angry with them that you hate them God we've got to do a better job of letting the world know how wonderful you are we must portray how loving you are one of the prayers Lord you said that that they may know the love of God God I pray that the Holy Spirit would talk to us today individually and tell us we need to maybe correct some things God we give you permission and our ears open right now to the Spirit of God Lord readjust us readjust our priorities readjust the things that are so important to us I give you permission right now Jesus to minister truth to me so that I can minister truth to the world Lord, let our lives glorify you, not just in word, but in action, in everything we do and say, Jesus, this is our prayer today. Hear our prayer and respond to the cry of our heart. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Brother Denny, would you come close us out? Just one announcement, uh, next Sunday, uh, immediately after service, if you're on the safety and security team, they're having a meeting immediately after service next Sunday. So uh, hopefully I'll remember to mention that again next week to, uh, to remind you. But uh, Also, don't forget we have our uh, annual business meeting coming up in just a couple weeks, the 17th of March. So there's still time if you, if you want to fill out paperwork, become a member. Uh, so you can uh, vote in the meeting and all that. We still have time for that. Uh, but once again, you don't have to be a member to come and to uh, see and hear everything going on. So uh, I encourage you to be here for the business meeting because it shows you how we did in the past year as, as a ministry and how what we're seeing as we look forward. So uh, it's very important. So raise your hand. Receive the Lord's blessing. May the Lord bless you and may He keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord live His countenance upon you and give you peace. With nothing missing and nothing broken. And go in peace and serve the Lord.